Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. No surprise here, but you know I gotta have my devices when I travel. I would be lost without my smartphone. I use it for directions, to find things to do, and most importantly, where to eat. I rely on it as a digital music player to enhance my experience as I explore a new place. Oh, and sometimes I even use it to make calls and stuff. That's the kind of traveler I am. And if you travel, you know what kind you are, too. That's why you go with the Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card. If you travel, you know. We all can't help but wonder what adventure lies just over the next ridge. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada will take you there. If you're taking on your adventure in a new 2024 Nissan Rogue, class-exclusive Google built-in is your always-updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Nissan's SUV has the capabilities to take you where you want to go. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to Tech Stuff, a production from iHeartRadio. Hey there, and welcome to Tech Stuff. I'm your host, Jonathan Strickland. I'm an executive producer with iHeartRadio. And how the tech are ya? So, April 1st, April Fool's Day, fell on this past Saturday. So, falling on a Saturday, I didn't see quite the same amount of shenanigans within the tech sector that usually pop up that time of year. And, of course, since the pandemic, things have been you know, relatively calm as far as April Fool's gags go. It seemed like it was in bad taste to do it when... Uh, the pandemic first began back in 2020. And generally speaking, I think companies have sort of uh, cooled off a bit on going hard on April Fool's. But I figured we could take a look at a few jests, japes, and outright lies that various brands and, and cities and whatnot presented this year. But keep in mind, it was pretty quiet. I mean, I looked around a lot and I saw some stuff that was probably not even worth talking about, like jokes that were so lame that even I couldn't get behind them. That's saying something because I am like a dad joke connoisseur type person. 
but I think a lot of companies in general have decided to back off on foolishness for the time being, maybe due to the fact that, you know, economic uncertainty has created a lot of anxiety in the public. And we're also seeing companies holding wide layoffs in the tech sector. Uh, doesn't quite come across as the perfect time to, to be joshing around, but we still saw some. And, you know, as a rule, tech journalists hate April Fool's. Uh, some of them look at it as it's amateur hour, you know, when various PR departments and tech companies are doing their best to appear to be spontaneous and original and, you know, wacky and buzzworthy. But frequently they fall well short of those goals and it becomes, you know, what the kids like to call cringe. Other folks say it's just irritating to have to cover news when the stories you're coming across are likely to be fake. You know, as much as we talk about fake news, journalists don't typically like <laughs> covering a story that turns out not to be real because you, you put in real work when you're a journalist, right? Real research, real effort. You're putting words to paper or words to a screen, as the case may be. And it is not much fun to go through all of that and then find out that the story you just filed turned out to be a joke and not an actual story. And then you have to go back and write a whole new take or just scrap it and get rid of the work you've just done. That is frustrating. It stinks. And I get it. Uh, and it's it can be hard. Like sometimes it's very clear that it's a joke and everyone's in on it. And it's fine. You know, you could argue that it's a waste of time and that the company could be spending its time doing something else, but otherwise no harm, no foul. In other cases, the quote unquote joke might be structured so poorly that it comes across as a legitimate, you know, PR announcement. And while you would think that people would be able to tell a joke from reality, the truth is companies do such crazy stuff occasionally that you can't be sure about that. So yeah, it's hard to craft a really good April fool's prank. Ideally you want something fun and cheeky, but not too misleading. You know, you would like your audience to say, wait, is this real? And then say, no, it can't be. And you don't want to cause genuine confusion or upset folks, ideally. And hitting that ideal is challenging. Personally, I actually like at least some April fool's gags. I've found some of them to be funny. Not all of them, but some uh, Google has done a lot that I actually enjoyed where they had some April fool's gags that I thought were just fun or distracting. You know, Google did one where you could find Pokemon on Google maps. There was another one that turned Google maps into Pac-Man. Like you could play Pac-Man on the streets of downtown Atlanta, for example. Uh, those I thought were really cool. I even liked stuff like Google knows in OSE where Google was claiming that you could use like an Android phone to identify sense, kind of like how uh, other other uh, uh, apps can identify a song by just listening in for a few seconds. This app would supposedly identify a smell that you encountered or it could actually generate smells. So if you were doing a search on something, you could hit a little button and it would generate a smell from whatever that thing is. So search carefully. Obviously that was a joke too. And I think most people got it. I just thought, Oh, it's just people being creative and being silly. 
And I think that sort of thing should be celebrated, not condemned. Uh, however, if I were covering the news and I was getting just total junk on April 1st, uh, I guess I would find it a little frustrating as well. Anyway, let's start off with what was my favorite April Fool's joke this year. It's not that tech related. It does call out artificial intelligence, but that is literally just a gag. It, there's no actual AI involved at all. So NPR had a little radio piece that reported that archaeology students had uncovered an ancient Roman scroll that was filled with dad jokes or pater iocus, as the piece claims. And the piece claimed that during gladiatorial displays, a comedian would have to come out uh, you know, after one gladiator strikes down another, the comedian would be sent out to keep the crowd entertained while custodians would come out and, you know, dispose of the body or body parts or what have you and cart them out of the way for the next clash to begin. And uh, I just love that image. I just uh, this this idea of like a toga clad character coming out right after Russell Crowe has struck down an, an enemy and he says, how about that, folks? Give him a hand, but not the one on the ground. We got to throw that one away. Say, you ever notice how Gauls walk like this while Romans walk like this? You know, I, I, I could really get behind that. I'm surprised if that's not in History of the World Part 2, it should be. I wouldn't know. I haven't watched it yet. Anyway, uh, there is one little bit of fake tech involved in this NPR joke, and the piece claims that the research students were somehow able to identify the author of the jokes as a Roman named Clownius Bozolius, so Bozo the Clown, and further, that they were able to somehow create an AI recreation of this otherwise forgotten giant of history. Of course, it's all a gag. There is no AI generated comedian based off an ancient Roman. And the supposed AI generated Clownius is just as goofy or cringy as you would imagine him to be. Uh, he actually did sound a little bit like modern day comedian Louis Black. I don't know who they got to do the voice for Clownius Bozolius. It was not AI, though. Anyway, the NPR bit was obviously a joke, and it was very silly and harmless and had some truly, truly atrocious puns in it. So I give it a thumbs up. Uh, you can actually find that audio online if you want to hear it. It's called Archaeology Students Found Dad Jokes from Ancient Rome. And um, yeah, I mean, it's short. It's like six minutes. It's a cute little fluffy joke piece, and there's nothing wrong with that. All right, now let's turn our attention to the tech world for realsies. So first up, it's Tinder, the dating slash hookup app that I am really glad did not exist back when I was single. Now, that's not me throwing shade at Tinder. It's not throwing shade at the folks who use Tinder. It's more that I think I would have been thoroughly unsuited for that app. It would have I would have had the worst time in the world in a in an environment where Tinder was like a major way for people to meet one another and get to know each other. Uh, so I'm glad that that my dating life predates Tinder. But anyway, Tinder had its own April Fool's gag this year, and it had to do with photos, photos that featured something that as of April 1st 
would be against Tinder's policies. I am, of course, talking about fish pics. Yeah, Tinder announced it was actively flagging and deleting fish pics. Tinder posted on Instagram that the app would be fish-free within 24 hours. Now, obviously, this is both a joke and a sly reference to the fact that some um, prospective mates have used Tinder to send pictures of, you know, their nude forms or their downstairs business, you might say, to people. Which, y'all, if no one asked for that, then for goodness sakes, just don't do it. It's terrible. Anyway, it was a goofy little joke that is delicately perched on top of an actual serious problem. Uh, In fact, uh, reportedly, guys, at one point were so eager to send unsolicited nude photos to Tinder matches that Tinder actually saw a decline in women users because, honestly, I mean, who wants that kind of thing? So, yeah, uh, fun to joke about it. (laughs) Um, Again, if someone asks and you are amenable to sending it, that's one thing. But unsolicited sending of nude photos is just that's a bad idea all around. The city of Miami, or more specifically, Mayor Francis Suarez, joked that Twitter would be relocating its headquarters to Miami, Florida. Uh, I'm not really sure what prompted this joke. This seemed like one of those jokes that just was kind of random. And maybe it, maybe there's some local news and local politics type stuff going on that I'm just not familiar with because I don't live in Miami. But yeah, that was a, a joke that happened this past weekend. And no, Twitter is not relocating to Miami. Tesla, another Elon Musk related company uh, was tweeting out a video that was supposed to show the Cybertruck, the long delayed Cybertruck product from Tesla and show its crash test results. Only if you play the video, the Cybertruck never actually gets to the point where it hits the crash barrier. The video is edited in such a way that it has lots of cuts and loops And it'll go into slow motion and reaction shots and use other tricks to feel like it's leading up to the collision that you are going to see this Cybertruck collide with a barrier wall. But the collision never actually happens. Uh, It's kind of like saying if you were to, to start walking towards your front door, but with every step you are going at half the distance you did with the step before you would never actually reach your door. Because you'd you'd always just be approaching it, but you would never actually reach it. That's kind of what this video feels like. Uh, And I I don't know. I just found it frustrating. It's kind of like those videos where people do things wrong on purpose to just get you to have a reaction. It felt like that. And maybe that was that's probably the point. But I also noticed that because Tesla posted this on Twitter, they had a gold checked verification mark on their account. And I am curious if Tesla had to pay the same fee that Musk is demanding other businesses cough up if they want to stay verified. I suspect Tesla is an exception to that rule. Okay, we've got some more tech-based jokes. We'll put those in air quotes. But first, let's take a quick break. Working remotely, Where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. 
Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. No surprise here, but you know I gotta have my devices when I travel. I can't fly without my portable chargers and noise-canceling headphones keeping me immersed, and I'd be lost without my smartphone. In a new place, it's my connection to the familiar. I rely on it to get directions around town. I use my smartphone to look up things to do or, most importantly, where to eat. In countries where I don't speak the language, my phone becomes a universal translator. And heck, it can double as a digital camera, giving me the opportunity to snap unforgettable pictures of the sights that inspire me and fill me with joy. That's the kind of traveler I am. And if you travel, you know what kind you are, too. That's why you go with the Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card. If you travel, you know. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. We're back. So there were a couple of jokes that I saw in the tech space that I actually thought were kind of cute and clever. Uh, Aros Benelux, and I have no idea if I'm saying that company's name correctly, Anyway, this company posted a joke for serious PC desktop owners, like, you know, your power gamers who buy those high-end desktop gaming rigs, uh, who also happen to have one or more house cats. Because we know kitty cats like to perch on elevated surfaces, particularly if that surface is a warm one. So you think, oh, if you have a desktop, like it's a wide desktop computer and it's getting nice and toasty, then obviously a cat's going to want to perch on top of it. But that's a problem, right? Because like 
you've got a device that doesn't really react well if dust and fur and that sort of stuff gets into it. Plus, if you got a cat laying across the top of your desktop computer, it might be on top of some vents, which will have a serious impact on airflow. So this company introduced the Cat Master. It's meant to fit on top of a desktop tower PC. And it's essentially a cat hammock. And it gives the cat the ability to lounge in a hammock perched above the computer itself, still enjoying the warmth being given off by the gaming rig. Plus, the Cat Master itself has integrated RGB LEDs. This is obviously just a joke. But I, I do know a few gamers who are also cat owners, and I suspect they would really plop down some cash for a cat bed with RGB lighting, particularly if they could synchronize the lighting of the cat bed with their PC's fan lights and internal lights so that, you know, if it's going from red to green to blue, then so would the cat bed. So maybe one day this will actually become a thing because that's actually a long tradition in tech April fool's gags as well. Sometimes the company will float an idea as a joke, but they're also keeping an eye out to see if there's enough interest to actually make the thing and go from joke to real product. See also the Tauntaun sleeping bag that think geek teased many, many years ago and then turned into a real product. Also RIP think geek. I still miss you. Speaking of computer accessories, uh, I got a couple more jokes that are in that line. So Razer, a company that's known for creating various tech equipment, including stuff like, like uh, gaming laptops, gaming desktops, keyboards, mice, that sort of stuff. They announced their own April Fool's product this past April Fool's. It is the Razer Razer, a computer gaming mouse that doubles as an electric Razer. Now, Razer published a video showing this supposed new product uh, in use as a scruffy nerf herder of a gamer used the mouse to trim and shape facial hair, including some truly outrageous eyebrows. The company said that beta testers were wanted and included a sign-up form, which I think actually puts you in the running for like a little sweepstakes giveaway of Razer products. But Razer said the shaving mouse works at 360 FPS, uh, FPS in this case refers to follicles per second. And yeah, very silly joke. I mean, obviously a gag. This is the kind where I feel like the joke is obvious from the get go. And it's still pretty entertaining, particularly when you know that Razer is a company that has made all sorts of gear ranging from pretty cool stuff to why would I ever need that kind of stuff? And I think this one was just outside of being credible based on the kinds of products we've seen from Razer. This includes stuff like vaporware products that were shown off at CES, but they never actually made it into production. I've had that happen a few times where I saw a really cool Razer concept that never became reality. Then there was a new product from Be Quiet, which is a company known for producing computer gear. That is, no big surprise here, meant to minimize superfluous noise. You'll often hear gamers talk about how they'll build this crazy computer rig. And in an effort to keep it operating at the right temperature, 
they'll have these these fans that are going on full blast and they create a lot of noise. So it ends up being kind of a, a downside to those sorts of rigs. Be Quiet makes cases and fans and that kind of stuff meant to create the minimum amount of noise while still being effective. Well, the company claimed to be launching a bladeless computer fan. And in the video, uh, these fans look like just a, a little white square frame made out of plastic. And there's a round opening where a fan would normally go. You know, it's essentially the housing for a fan, but there's nothing in the middle. It's just a hole, right? There's no fan sitting there. And they said, well, this is the bladeless fan that'll move air through your computer case. Be Quiet also said that these fanless fans would use a purpose-built artificial intelligence to control airflow, which would be super interesting if that were true. Uh, the name of the AI was Thanos, of course, which makes it sort of a GLaDOS kind of reference from the, uh, the Portal games. And while the thought of an AI-directed ventilation system is really neat, I mean, Imagine you've got a computer system that could actually identify hotspots in the case and then direct airflow to try and pull some of that heat away and do that dynamically. So instead of just having an overall cooling system, you would have a reactive one that would be able to optimize performance. That would be really awesome if it were true. The video is actually a very fun one to watch. You can check it out. Uh, the spokesperson demonstrates the fan at one point, holding it in front of his face, and it subsequently is powerful enough to blow his hat off. Uh, sure, the top of his hat is suspiciously out of frame, so you can't see that something is probably attached to it to pull the hat off at on cue. But uh, if you can't trust a video, whom can you trust? And of course, the circumference of the fanless fan is a ring of RGB lights, because let's not be silly about these things. You still have to have it light up because that's like part of the big deal with these gaming rigs. When I was last thinking about building a gaming rig for myself, uh, I was the crazy person looking at just regular fans. I didn't care about the RGB stuff because in my mind, the cool thing is what is going on on the screen, not the lights emanating from my computer case. Now, bladeless fans really are a thing. I'm sure most of you have seen them. Uh, they, you've probably seen Dyson's example. That's sort of the flagship of that particular type of product. Dyson, as far as I know, was the company that really made that design popular. Since then, I've seen other companies kind of jump on that bandwagon. But I thought maybe I'd take a quick moment to explain how bladeless fans actually work, because the way they work means it would be impossible for the computer fan version to work. So first off, a bladeless fan isn't really bladeless. It actually does have blades mounted on a rotor. It's just these blades aren't visible because they are inside the pedestal for the fan. Like if you look at these bladeless fans, you'll see that they are standing fans and they have a pedestal underneath them. You would not really be able to design an effective computer fan that was bladeless because you would have nowhere to house the actual blade components, right? The frame is too thin to have a, a, an effective way of pulling air through. So in a bladeless fan, the pedestal houses this, this blade uh, device, this rotor of blades, 
and it has vents inside the pedestal so that an electric motor starts to rotate the rotor with the blades on it. The blades start to pull air into the pedestal that then gets pushed out the front of the, the face of the fan. Now, if that were all it were, then you would just have like a, a light fan blowing you. But because of the of physics and fluid dynamics, there's a little bit more going on that the bladeless fan is able to take advantage of. There's inducement. This is when air behind the fan starts to get pulled along with the air that's being pushed forward through the front of the fan. So if you think of the, the fan as just a circle with no blades in it, the motor inside the pedestal is turning a bladed fan inside the pedestal that's pushing air through the front of that circle. The air that's actually behind the circle gets pulled along with it. That's inducement. And then the air that's around the edge of the fan also gets pulled along, but that's called entrainment. These are two similar concepts in fluid dynamics. They're just slightly, slightly different. So through inducement and entrainment, you get a lot more air or at least a little more air pushed towards you than you would if it were just from the little bladed fans inside the pedestal by itself. So Dyson calls that air multiplication, that you're getting way more air than you would just through the, the blades because of the physics involved. Anyway, for these bladeless fans to work, you still need somewhere to house the electric motor and the bladed rotor to get things going in the first place. And without that, there's just no mechanism that would force air through the hole, either in or out of this computer case. And since Be Quiet claimed their bladeless fans have no moving parts at all, there's really just no way it would be possible to do. But it was still a fun little goofy video. Uh, I imagine if you did have bladeless fans attached to your computer, you would have a dickens of a time keeping debris out of your computer, particularly if you installed one of those cat hammocks that were sitting on top of it. You would just be sucking that stuff into the computer case because there'd be like no mesh or anything blocking it. So uh, while it was a neat concept and a, and a fun little joke, once you start applying critical thinking to it, you realize, ooh, yeah, no, there are a lot of problems with that particular design. Though the AI component is really interesting. If there were a way to do such a thing where you could have more directed air so it's not just uh, just a standard airflow through the computer, then that would be really cool. Obviously, there are water cooling systems that use more specific targeting for cooling for stuff like, you know, really high powered CPUs or GPUs. But it would be neat if you could do that. It's just we're not not at that point. OK, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll wrap up some of the jokes that the tech sector, you know, tried to pull on us this past weekend. Working remotely where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. 
Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. No surprise here, but you know I gotta have my devices when I travel. I can't fly without my portable chargers and noise-canceling headphones keeping me immersed, and I'd be lost without my smartphone. In a new place, it's my connection to the familiar. I rely on it to get directions around town. I use my smartphone to look up things to do or, most importantly, where to eat. In countries where I don't speak the language, my phone becomes a universal translator. And heck, it can double as a digital camera, giving me the opportunity to snap unforgettable pictures of the sights that inspire me and fill me with joy. That's the kind of traveler I am. And if you travel, you know what kind you are, too. That's why you go with the Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card. If you travel, you know. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. I think some of my favorite April Fool's gags come from companies that are otherwise known for creating stuff that's undeniably useful, but not exactly fun or whimsical. Maybe it's utilitarian. I think that's the case with Obsidian, uh, Obsidian, the software company. So this is a company that makes productivity tools that help you do things like create links between ideas, similar to the way how web pages use links to connect different documents to one another. So it's a neat way to go about working with concepts. It, it, it's not, it's more lateral thinking rather than linear thinking. And for some people, that approach is incredibly useful, especially for specific types of projects. So it's a really neat approach to productivity. Anyway, Obsidian announced an AI assistant that it was calling Jemmy, G-E-M-M-Y, on April Fool's and said, quote, not sure if an AI assistant is going to be helpful in your workflow? Don't worry, we've eliminated the guesswork for you because Jemmy is 100% going to be unhelpful, end quote. So. I would say this is the folks at Obsidian poking fun at the current AI craze that we're seeing other companies go through right now. Companies like Microsoft and Google 
that are rushing to incorporate AI into their productivity products, even while concerned folks like critics are saying maybe we shouldn't be be going so hard and fast on AI because we've already seen instances where AI creates incorrect responses and is unreliable for accuracy and reliability. And, and, and that, that should give us cause for concern that if we start to lean too heavily on these tools that we could end up having lots of problems or at least really shoddy work. In other words, you might be making more work for yourself by trying to foist some of that labor onto AI at this stage. Obsidian was kind of making fun of these other companies and saying, yeah, you know, we we put this in just so that we could have it in there. And we're telling you right off the bat, it is not going to help you. It will make things harder. And really, uh, Jimmy's design just made me think of Clippy, Microsoft Clippy. If you don't remember or know what Clippy was, <laughs> it's a little paper clip character that would pop up in Microsoft uh, software like like word and it would say things like i see you're trying to draft a resume can i help and people started to despise clippy even though like the thought behind clippy was good it was you know this tool that could detect if you were trying to make something that could be potentially standardized uh but people found it very intrusive so obsidian kind of pointing out like people hate this stuff Stop putting it into your productivity products, especially when it's not a mature science. That really resonated with me. Moving on to video games, which are, you know, supposed to be fun all by themselves. Those can get more fun on special days like April Fool's if things are handled correctly. Uh, I think for me, the, the one that surprised me the most was that Sega dropped a a big <laughs> bombshell with the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog. So yeah, kind of out of nowhere, Sega released a, a point and click adventure slash visual novel style game for PCs and Mac computers in which players try to take on the challenge of solving Sonic the Hedgehog's murder on the Mirage Express. Now I've not played this game. It is a real thing. It does exist. You can get it. Uh, but yeah, this really surprised me because you don't often see companies take such big risks with a really iconic brand mascot character, you know, unless it's Mr. Peanut, which was kind of the the long game play that started off in a a, a big game, <laughs> a football game back in the day. IGN released a video purporting to be from Nintendo. It was not from Nintendo. It was taking video clips from actual Nintendo direct videos, but it was made by IGN, but the video was supposed to be promoting the super Mario brothers movie. And this fake video supposedly revealed that Nintendo switch owners would be able to choose to play classic Mario universe games and swap out the original soundtrack with voices from the film's cast. You could actually go into options and change this. So that would mean you would suddenly have, you know, Chris Pratt voicing Mario in Super Mario Brothers, a game that didn't actually have Mario say anything. That's from the old NES days. But my favorite bit of the gag, like as the video goes on, the various characters they're referencing are pulling from 
other sources that the actors who, who voice those characters in the movie, uh, other projects that they've been in. So as you go on and on, you're like, wait a minute, I recognize that line. That line came from something else. Uh, my favorite of those moments was a bit about Toad featuring new voice lines from Keegan-Michael Key. I'm not going to spoil it because honestly, this IGN video is really worth watching. It is amusing. And of course, the video plays into the reaction that the Internet had to the announcement that Chris Pratt was going to voice Mario, a decision that I think a lot of people were not exactly thrilled about. Blizzard threw in some jokes for Overwatch 2 this year. I feel like I should almost do a full episode about Overwatch because that's a game, you know, Overwatch and Overwatch 2 have really had their ups and downs. Like it's tightly tied with Blizzard and the public perception of Blizzard, uh, both in front of and behind the scenes. There are, there's a lot of controversy uh, in the background of that game. So it was interesting to me that they were kind of incorporating some April Fool's gags into Overwatch 2. But among those gags were some new voice lines for when characters engage their special ability. So in Overwatch, it's a team based uh, shooter game and each character in the game has their own special ability. You work out to the point where your your character builds up their meter and then you can unleash this ability at a strategic moment. Some of the new voice lines are kind of cute. Uh, a lot of them, I think, have references to stuff in the game that I'm not familiar with because I bounced off Overwatch a few years back uh, before they had added more and more characters. So there's some references where I'm like, I bet that's funny if I'd been playing the game the whole time, but I don't really get the joke right now. Blizzard also published patch notes that, that included the phrase do not publish. The idea being like it's patch notes, but you're not supposed to make them public. Uh, those notes had more jokes in them. Like yeah, it, it, there was a description about changes to character abilities and stuff. One of the notes said that Doomfist, uh, when using his ability, can, quote, open a glass jar in a single attempt, end quote. Truly a mighty character. Also, apparently they were given googly eyes on April 1st, something that Blizzard has actually done before with Overwatch. Uh, again, I didn't play it, so I didn't see these things, but I'm like, oh, well, that's cute. I mean, if you were a regular player and you logged in to see that, that would be fun. Sticking with games. Among Us developer Inner Sloth brought back an old gag to Among Us and then added to it. So if you're not familiar with Among Us, it is a group video game. It's a social discovery game. And when you're playing, you're playing with a group of other people. And most of the players are innocent crew members on a spaceship and they're supposed to do their tasks. And that's it. But at least one of them or more than one, if the group is large enough, is a traitor. And the traitor is out to kill everyone else and avoid suspicion as best as they can. So the innocents, they have to finish their tasks. And if they complete all of them before the killers can outnumber the innocents, then the innocents win. Because otherwise, if, if the killers outnumber them, then the killers can just vote off all the innocents until it's just the killers that are left. Alternatively, the innocents can also vote to eject the killer into space if they figure out who the killer is. Otherwise they might eject someone who's innocent. Well, anyway, that's all to say that this year among us got back into horse mode in which all the little cartoon characters are vaguely horse shaped 
they are very weird to look at. Uh, but the company had done horse mode before. What they had not done was introduced a brand new mode called horse wrangling mode. So in this mode, most of the players appear as horses and one or more of them is a horse wrangler. And it's the wrangler's job to track down and capture all the horses. So it becomes kind of a hide and seek game rather than social discovery. So just different gameplay approach for that particular mode. And it's just cute. It's a cute little uh, addition to the game. Then there was Rainbow Six Siege, which uh, pits teams of players against each other in tactical shooter-based confrontations. They introduced a new mode called Rainbow is Magic, which is, I guess, a thinly veiled reference to My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. Uh, If you were to engage in this mode, everything gets a lot more colorful, very vibrant colors, which is not what you typically see in Rainbow Six Siege. And there's a teddy bear based crisis. Essentially, uh, instead of a bomb, the team has a teddy bear that they have to protect or the other team has to seek out and destroy the enemy's teddy bear. Uh, It's just as ridiculous as it sounds. The video was cute. Uh, Again, I'm not a Rainbow Six player either, so I don't know how well the gameplay holds up for this particular mode. Uh, But I mean, it's something different. I'm very curious which ones of these actually resonated with players. Uh, there are some times where game companies have come up with these special modes for a limited time and they go off like gangbusters. Like it's just it's it's a breath of fresh air. It's silly and fun and people really enjoy engaging with it. And in other cases, it's like, oh, I see what you tried to do. <laughs> like, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. So I don't know how these stack up. Uh, none of the games I play seem to incorporate any April Fool's jokes in them, but I don't play that many games these days. I just don't have the time typically. And um, the game that I'm playing right now obsessively is Dredge. Uh, and that one probably doesn't need to have any April Fool's jokes in it. It's already kind of absurd. It's a fishing game that has some. Lovecraftian horror elements to it. I recommend it. It's kind of a fun game. All right. That's all I've got for April Fools for this year. I'm sure, like I said, there were other gags that I saw and came across, but most of them weren't very inspiring. Uh, it hasn't been the same since before the pandemic. Uh, not that it's necessarily a bad thing, because as I said in the beginning, sometimes companies go overboard And the quote unquote jokes they push out are both not funny and not effective. And they just end up being frustrating. So fewer does not necessarily mean worse and more does not necessarily mean better. Companies can come up with really creative ways of kind of being silly and lighthearted, but there's an art to it. So uh, I've done episodes in the past about some of the greatest April Fool's gags in tech. And, you know, maybe I'll I'll point back to one of those in a future episode. Uh, But like I said, there haven't been that many in the past few years, so it's hard to kind of update that list. If I were to do it again, it would probably just be repeating a lot of stuff I've already said. But I hope all of you are well. I hope none of you were fooled this weekend or if you were that it was a joyous and fun, loving and kind hearted approach to being fooled as opposed to mean-spirited and nasty because gosh who needs that and 
If you would like to get in touch with me about something I should talk about in a future Tech Stuff episode, please do so on Twitter. The handle for the show is Tech Stuff HSW, or you can download the iHeartRadio app. It's free to download. It's free to use. You can navigate over to Tech Stuff by putting it into the little search field. It'll pull up the Tech Stuff page. You click on that. You'll see there's a little microphone icon. That icon means you can leave a voice message for me up to 30 seconds in length and let me know what you would like to hear in a future episode. And I'll talk to you again really soon. Tech Stuff is an iHeartRadio production. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep.